This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every week looking at the stories that we are presented from official channels. And I'm telling you why. I'm telling you why, because the stories are important, but you're not getting the real story. So there there are the, the there have been reports on the Christchurch call there has which is the internet censorship protocol that most of the countries in the world have signed following the terror attack in New Zealand where uh, the official story says a white nationalist uh, live streamed his attack on two mosques it's a small place. <laughs> Somebody from Christchurch called into my show when we originally went through that story talking about how the official narrative just doesn't make sense. So I don't know what the real narrative is. And now I personally think that the that one of the main goals for this Christchurch call is to help governments and Internet outlets suppress the citizen journalism the on-the-spot recordings, videotaping of these events because these events, whether they're let to happen or provoked or created or actually are happening spontaneously, the story, the narrative is spun sometimes before within seconds or minutes of the situation getting under control before the true story could possibly be known in any true criminal investigatory sense, yet yet there it is. And And when you hear that, you know that they're spinning an official narrative. And when you see citizen journalism that adds details that don't fit with that it undermines the message that they're trying to send the narrative they're trying to send because they always have this in my opinion a ready-made agenda and events of the day plug into that so i noticed this absolutely happened like uh the iron curtain fell especially on google after parkland in florida so since then actually the other day i was looking up it was pertinent to the Mueller thing. The Mueller report says is about Russia trying to interfere in our elections. And the funny, the thing that's, the elephants that are not talked about, the white elephants in the room, are one that many countries try to interfere with our elections, not least of which is our former mother, England, who's Royal Institute for International Affairs, now called the Chatham House, has the CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations, here in this country that Hillary called the mothership, (laughs) where she gets her marching orders. No joke. Dick Cheney said the same thing. So, or something similar to that. He said, but don't tell my constituents in Wisconsin or Wyoming or whatever. Yuck, yuck. No, not cool. So it's above the parties, obviously. And we get those kind of outside interference, totally unconstitutional. 
and illegal, and at the same time, much more egregiously, we interfere in the democratic elections and governments of other countries. So I was looking for the many, many pieces of evidence from hidden audio on Victoria Newland organizing a coup in Ukraine to a text that came out of uh, last-minute diplomatic meetings with Morsi before he was overthrown by the military strongman Al-Sisi, Al-Sisi. And one of his aides had tweeted, or not tweeted, texted to somebody else, texted out of the room, uh, Mother America says we stop playing in one hour. And that was Morsi was not going to capitulate to being a puppet of our shadow government there. And Susan Rice was the one who delivered the order, hey, you got an hour, and then it's over. And it was. So I knew that quote by heart. I had it in my WordPress account, which was purged. So I had to Google it. And I'm telling you, like 12 million responses or whatever, and it wasn't there. So I switched to DuckDuckGo, and it came up immediately, the first thing, because it was a quote that I remembered, word for word. So I could tell that Google was suppressing it on purpose. And then when you read this Christchurch call, it talks about how to do that, how to help people do that, how to help even small competitors do that. And the, and. I should just say, maybe you, you know, they're suppressing, that's truth. That's not, uh, that wasn't dangerous extremism or terrorism or anything. It was just a political truth. But when they talk about extremism and terror and all that stuff and suppressing it online, there is already a way to deal with this kind of thing. And that is... So these aren't actually, these are radicalization, right? These aren't actually violent people in the act of violence where you could like find them and arrest them because it's not happening in the physical world. But it is happening on a platform. And a platform, when there's, if there were competition among the platforms, some platforms could self-censor or have certain protocols. Some could have less, some could have more. If you have less and your users create violence through this in a way that you can be held responsible for. So you would be bankrupted out of business. Look at what was the one that went down, Gawker, just for publicizing a sex tape. So the process would be somebody did something on your platform. You went to trial, proved that that person did it, proved that there were damages, proved that you were responsible, and then you are held accountable, either the way Gawker was, which bankrupted them into oblivion, or, and this was actually a complete miscarriage of justice because he was set up and and he did not have a fair trial, but Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence plus 40 with no chance of parole in a maximum security prison for having a, a website that People supposedly were selling drugs on and people supposedly died doing those drugs. But the two guys who said that, who arranged the evidence for that, a DA agent, a Secret Service agent, are both in jail for six years for malfeasance in their prosecution of the case against Russ Albrecht. And Russ Albrecht's jury was not allowed to know that. So that was not fair. But I'm telling you that the, the, the things are in place to punish you if you facilitate crimes. You do not need a global protocol for all the countries and all the internet providers around the world to go in and prioritize this stuff. My 
And they talk about in in some of the research I've done, I think maybe right in this document right here, they talk about how they, oh yeah, it's over and over again in here, how they take whatever search you're doing and they redirect it to something positive. They can redirect it, redirect it, redirect it. I'll tell you, I watch my son who has Down syndrome looking for My Little Pony and Disney stuff and I'll watch it with him. We can watch YouTube on TV. Maybe everybody can, but it was like a revelation to me. So watch YouTube on TV and there's like top 10 princesses, top 10 romances, top 10 songs of Disney. And then all of a sudden it switches channels and it says top 10 things that in Disney movies that are inappropriate for children. So then we're watching uh, stuff I'm not going to say on the air in the same tone, same kind of thing. So Google found that stuff for this kid. It auto it auto played it. We were just watching it on TV, and these videos were just coming up, coming up, coming up. And sometimes the one, my famous one, the one that was just like, "What?" He was watching SpongeBob, and it came up why Squidward is suicidal, or things like that. So they are redirecting, right? But they're if all this stuff is controlled like that, you've got to wonder why they're what the Defense Department in their mimetic warfare slideshow said. Uh, as far as attacking other cultures, they would enhance dysfunctional subcultures. That's what it seems like they're doing here. So I don't buy that they're doing this for our own good, blah, blah, blah. They're not. There are other ways to do it. They're doing it for some purpose. And the purpose is censorship for policies that we would not abide by if we were fully informed. And that's, that's where I come out. So let's start... Uh, Binkley's great at this too, my producer, uh, figuring out what's really going on with censorship, propaganda, information control generally. So Binkley, you have this, you read this Christchurch call, right? Yeah. Uh, and this just fits right into what we were talking about before the break about how, uh, they, they do this kind of thing before every war, not just world war one. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, before any conflict, because the idea is that you have to have unity uh, as a nation to engage in a war and support that war. Uh, foreign policy-wise, anyway. They can keep you divided domestically, but there has to be unity against a common aggressor. As a matter of fact, you could connect those two and say if they foment domestic crisis, whether it's conflict or the Great Depression or whatever, and people start getting desperate. There's a book by Fritz, I forget his name, called The Politics of Cultural Despair about Hitler's rise in Germany. And if you don't have cultural despair, you can sure gin it up, and that's what I've been looking at. And if you have that, it's not like from the Great Depression to the great inflation in Germany, that both of those led to a big war. Yeah. Made uh, people unify behind it, right? Yeah, yeah a, a way to do that, to gin that up, is to ri- raise expectations that are impossible to meet. What do you mean? Uh, the idealism that we hear of some of these appeals that progressives are making. These uh, expectations of everything is a right, y- you know, you're supposed to be given everything. So you're, ex- you're expecting to get all of this stuff, whether it's equality, whether it's to get into a school that is not... It's not right. It's not a right. You have to go out and get it. So then they're all PO'd and yeah. are ready for war or they want the war. 
Well, that gets them in a position where they're they're malleable to well, uh, to I'll propaganda. tell you, if you have an unruly youth, sometimes more conservative elements in society or older or whatever history has shown. They think sending them off to war is a great way to grow them up a bit. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I think that's where we're headed with this thing. So uh, let's... let's. You said something about them redirecting users. I have that part right here. All right, well, let's get to it after the break. Okay. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this. Censorship is coming, and maybe to uh, war. Let's take some calls. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to John and Conyers. Hi, John. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Love your show. Man, I got quite a story. Well, you've got, like, one minute. Go. All right. Well, I am a computer expert. I decided to install McAfee, and they were going to monitor my social profile, and I went on. And I've been, you know, just reporting stuff about crime internationally. And, and then they told me it was a hate speech thing. Within hours or so, uh, my account was disabled on Facebook. I was delegitimized. And then they asked for actual government ID, which they sent me. When I saw the actual address on the sheet for the code to put in online to verify my ID, it said, Facebook one hack away. I said, I'm done with all social media. I'm a computer expert. I've also checked out that my my mail on my on my Apple device and everybody's Apple device gets routed to a Kamiai servers, third party servers, and they're not even on Apple's servers only. They're they get routed and it's so, unreal. So I've set up my computer. Oh go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm I, I think you're right. Social media is more trouble than it's worth, and uh, and that thing about the emails when when this Mueller report, the DNC leaks came out. Bill Binney, who's a NSA whistleblower, said they all ultimately everything goes through NSA servers that's going across the internet. So well, if they, yeah. yeah, I love William Binney. I've seen a, I've seen his documentary, A Good American. And if anybody needs to check out Google, they need to get on Amazon and watch The Creepy Line. Oh, yes, I've heard about that. That's a great note to end on, John. Thanks for the great call. Uh, next time, hopefully, I'll have more time, but i got to wrap it up for a hard break. We're going to come back and talk about uh, what John is touching on is this censorship. It's already starting here, and we don't need to sign any protocol to get it done. Our our big tech is doing it voluntarily, but let's let's uh, get some, some structure around this and see what's coming down. 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Waking Atlanta up to the true threats to your liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I'm telling you, this, even though the United States did not sign the Christchurch call, it is a true threat to our liberty, not only because our big tech, which is really the only ones who need to sign on to this, are doing it anyway. They're going to keep doing it. Uh, This is just the tip of the iceberg. The last paragraph in the Christchurch call, which the subtitle is to eliminate terrorist and violent extremist content online. So all the stuff that's in here about suppressing the Internet, about um, uh, curating live stream videos, about taking stuff off, 
all of it, every single word of it is couched in terms of eliminating terrorist and violent extremist content online. But the last paragraph says uh, that what they're going to do, they're uh, uh, signing on to this affirms our willingness to work together uh, and they acknowledge that governments, online service providers and civil society, whatever that means, may wish to take further cooperative action. So they conspire and collude is what cooperative action to address. Here it is a broader range of harmful online content, such as the actions that will be discussed further during the G7 Biarritz Summit, in the G20, the Akaba process, the five-country ministerial, and a range of other fora, meaning forums. <laughs> if the, grammar, the correct grammar on their part throws you off. Uh, so a broader range of harmful online content broader than terrorism and violent extremism so why why what does that mean v- terrorism and violent extremism who can argue with that anything you do if it's terrorism or violent extremism cuz those are crimes now online content online content is not the crime of violence right i mean although binkley my producer here has called a long time ago that the virtual world is going to have virtual crime, right? Like, that's how it's going to be identified. What was your idea that you could actually be arrested in real life for a virtual crime? Yeah, there already, there's been accusations. Brain raping somebody? (laughs) Yeah, of sexual assault in virtual games where the people don't even have a body. They just have floating hands. (laughs) And and those floating hands can touch your floating... Right. Things, but the idea that we're going to be living a, a digital <laughs> world and everything, it, physical crimes can occur in that yeah, world, yeah. that's going to be a real thing. Right. I mean, brain rape used to be a metaphor for stealing someone's ideas, but yeah. now I feel like <laughs> it's going to be a crime. So, but here's the thing. So violent extremism is, you know, violence is violence. Violence is a crime. Terrorism, I believe, implies violence. Well, it implies terror. It implies scaring people is what terrorism is, but... A broader range of harmful online content. As soon as you say that, as soon as you say that, you're including conspiracy theories and xenophobia, which means you're you're questioning what's really going on. And they're telling you in the same paragraph that they anticipate conspiracies among governments, online service providers and civil society further cooperate. At these at these forums that you're not going to have 100 percent transparency at these forums. That's not going to happen. So and the xenophobia thing is, here's the thing. I am a libertarian. You can it may be hard for you to wrap your mind around the fact that I live in a country and my kids are growing up with laws and that country is highly controlled and the laws matter and shape our world. I can tell you what my ideology is. The right to work and travel would not be infringed if we didn't tie it with citizenship and the right to vote. But we do. Why? I don't know. Why you can't. If you just let people have their right to work and travel, they would come and go. They wouldn't retire here. It's too expensive. They would just come and serve you and leave like they used to do or come and integrate economically. You have a welfare state. People can't. People don't have to integrate economically. And if, if this country, our culture is economic. Our culture is material. It's it, the business of this country is business. Isn't that what Wilson said? 
So, or whoever, I, I doubt it was Wilson. He wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, my point is there are so there are many, many ways to uh, to respect the right to work and travel in a free society. We don't have a free society, and if we if we neutralize ourselves, if us we libertarians neutralize ourselves by not opining on the country as it is, you don't ever have to advocate for any law you don't believe in. But we can talk about it. So we we should talk about if sovereignty right now is a way to keep the outside world from tearing down the Bill of Rights because it looks like we're the last stand of true liberty. And if you're going to tear down those walls of sovereignty, you're probably not going to spread freedom around the world at this point. So I wrote a, a, a very comprehensive article. Is that redundant? I read a, wrote a comprehensive article about a cause called the libertarian immigration conundrum about these competing rights issues and uh, how you want to deal with it. So when the UN has a, a global compact, which is an agreement on migration and refugees and how to control children at the border, how to help you control your borders, how you should settle these people, how to divide the refugees up around the world. At the same time, we, for example, and our allies go through these countries and blow them up and the prison doors open and terrorists flood out. And then we say, well, we can't have civil rights here because we have terrorists. Like, well, that's what they were doing over there. You, you say we have to go over to those countries and free people because they don't have their civil rights uh, uh, respected. And they have jails full of people, political prisoners. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, but we have a foreign policy that creates refugees and spreads terrorism. So... If we want to have this conversation about the causes of the refugee crisis and the solutions to it, this UN protocol has in it some elements that talk about addressing domestic populations xenophobia, rooting it out. And okay, if xenophobia is tantamount to racism or hate, I mean, that's a, a sin against the Holy Spirit. It's wrong. It's bad. I don't like it. But if they're using that as a euphemism or a you know a fake term for people who simply want to have this discussion about immigration policy, and then they they say those people are people who contribute to dangerous online content, hateful online content, then we have problems. Then we have political suppression, which is why they the U.S. can't sign on to this stuff. They'd rather do it through the back door. They'd rather do it through their captive big tech companies than have it above board and you see that it can't get through judicial scrutiny. So then you then I look back at the 1975 Trilateral Commission study pulled together by Zbigniew Brzezinski called The Crisis of Democracy, where he says the answer to that is to make sure everyone is beholden to a non-democratic institution, to make sure that these government functions are carried out by non-governmental organizations who are not answerable to these people. And today in the Wall Street Journal was a section, an entire section called The Global Crisis of Democracy. 
and it was written by an advisor to the National Endowment for Democracy, which is long established as a government front operation for regime change, if I recall correctly. So, uh, so when I when I read these things, I see uh, there was. There's another section in here. It says, okay, so now in the context of all that, there's a, a sentence in here that says, one of the things we're going to do is develop processes allowing governments and online service providers to respond rapidly, effectively, and in a coordinated manner to the dissemination of terrorists or violent extremist content following a terrorist event. Okay. So following a terrorist event, after the horse is out of the barn, you want to stop any communication about that event that struck me as weird that that's one of their priorities. And I realized, well, what if they're not telling us the truth about the events? What if it's what this guy is calling for and they don't want us to call him out on it? It's, this is a, Rachel, I'm going to play these clips. This is uh, Patrick Clawson in 2012. He's the director of research for the Washington Institute for Near East Policy which has an influence. George W. Bush sang its praises. It's an influential and respected organization. Powerful think tank. And uh, this is what he's calling for. Let's hear, um, there are two clips. Let's hear clip one, the longer one first. I frankly think that crisis initiation is really tough. And it's very hard for me to see how the United States uh, president can get us to war with Iran. Um, which leads me to conclude that if, in fact, compromise is not coming, that the traditional way of Amer America gets to war is what would be best for U.S. interests. Uh, some people might think that Mr. Roosevelt wanted to get us into World War II, as David mentioned. You may recall we had to wait for Pearl Harbor. Some people might think Mr. Wilson wanted to get us into World War I. You may recall he had to wait for the Lusitania episode. Some people might think that Mr. Johnson wanted to send troops to Vietnam. You may recall we had to wait for the Gulf of Tonkin episode. Uh, we didn't go to war with Spain until the USS, uh, yes. until the Maine exploded. And may I point out that Mr. Lincoln did not feel he could call out the Federal Army until Fort Sumter was attacked, which is why he ordered the commander at Fort Sumter to do exactly that thing which the South Carolinians had said would cause an attack. So if, in fact, the Iranians aren't going to compromise, it would be best if somebody else started the war. And just in case you don't understand exactly what he means, let's hear clip two. We are in the game of using covert means against the Iranians. We, we could get nastier at that. So what I'm saying is, if that's the kind of thing they're cooking up, that wasn't that long ago, if that, and there's a lot of other stuff, too, that kind of echoes that. But if that's the kind of thing they're cooking up, they don't want us looking at the, the main and saying, the Gulf of Tonkin didn't really happen. Look into the Gulf of Tonkin if you don't know what that's about. They don't want you telling that story in real time, not only undermining their goals, but backfiring, you know, on them. That's not what they want. So so it's possible. There's a lot of problems with this Christchurch call, but it's possible that part of it is to let make us less able to scrutinize their behavior. They already have the press for the most part in their pockets. And now they have to control all the other avenues of information. And I think that's what, what this is largely about. So uh, there's so much more that 
We're going to tell you about Binkley found one of the references I was looking for earlier. We'll get to that right after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Talking about uh, the deeper meaning of what you're hearing in the news, and always good for that, is uh, caller Maurice. So I'm going to Maurice, and he usually is the only guy I know who goes deeper down the rabbit hole than I do. How are you? You're on the air, buddy. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Um, You know, uh, the thing that I brought up is kind of, it seems askew to what you've been discussing, but it's not. And the reason I I bring it up, because I'm an optimist, and I think everything is changing. So let me lay out the conversation about this controversy. All right, it's a short, uh, it's a short segment, so you got one minute, Maurice. Choose wisely okay. what you highlight. Um, Kevin and Nick had just been arrested at the Canadian border, uh, which is a separate conversation, but he has led... Uh, this tribunal, which if you don't know about it, you should look into it. And I've watched the testimony of uh, different uh, SRA victims, as they describe them. And they uh, indict both the popes, uh, Benedict. In fact, uh, Annette maintains that uh, Benedict stepped down because of what they did. uh, And because Spain validated his uh, uh, conjectures, which is that they were uh, conducting uh, basically pagan rituals with children and uh, killing them. Is this the the guy who had that woman from Belgium on where she's like crying for an hour talking about how as a little kid they had her like in a human hunting Um, party or something? I think that she might have been part of all this. There's a number of of people that gave testimony. All right, I got to take a hard break. I'm going to let you hang on and give you one minute on the other side, but then I got to get through this. I'll talk to you in a sec. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.